Welcome to the Hearing Suite in Harrogate for episode three of the Hearing Suite podcast. My name is Ben from local radio station, Your Harrogate, and I will be the host of this podcast ongoing. And today I'm joined once again by the director of audiology here at the Hearing Suite. We've got Emily Woodmansey. Emily, how are you? Really good, thank you. Thank you for having us. No problem at all. And this week is a very special week. It is. In the world of audiology. It, it is. It is tinnitus week. It is, yes, <laughs> yes. It's the week that every year we, we talk all things tinnitus. And tinnitus, we spoke off air just before the, it might be called tinnitus if you're in, in, the, in the United States, but tinnitus over here in the UK. Just start by explaining it a bit for us, Emily. What is tinnitus? Absolutely. So we tend to think of tinnitus as a ringing or a buzzing in the ears. But in truth, it's any kind of sound that you can hear that maybe the other people around you can't. So you see some people who have musical tinnitus or um, a tinnitus that, that sometimes goes with a pulse and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's that auditory stimulation, that auditory sound that isn't audible for other people. And it can be quite intrusive, I'm guessing. It's going to take over your life almost if, if that's a sound that you can hear all the time. It must be quite frustrating for people that suffer it. It can be, yeah, it can be. But I, I think kind of putting that side of things into context, so one in eight people have tinnitus, but of those people, 10% of them are upset or distressed by it. So it, it can be very intrusive and distressing for some people, especially in the early stages of it when they've kind of acquired it not had it before but a lot of people live well with tinnitus it's there if they go looking for it but it doesn't upset them in their day-to-day life and those connections to stress work as well i know this week is tinnitus week but it's also mental health awareness week as well so the, the idea of stress being connected to tinnitus is quite a nice synergy there isn't it it really is yeah i hadn't realized that it was mental health <laughs> good awareness timing. week i know it's good to know um definitely definitely i think when we start kind of delving deeper into tinnitus, people don't always realise that there's a link between kind of the adrenal response in the body, that fight or flight. So say you have a noisy neighbour and you get on really well with them and they're playing Britney Spears at 2am. You might think, oh, Mark, and then go back to sleep. But say you don't get on so well with them and they're running up that flight of stairs again and shouting, that irritation starts to build so yeah. that that kind of fight or flight um producing that kind of those those stress hormones so you you go into like a physiological it's not just not just something you can kind of snap yourself out of but a real physiological response to to sound and that that stress so let's you mentioned before one in eight people have tinnitus which obviously really high numbers what are the sort of main causes what sort of things give people tinnitus is it something that's sort of genetic that you, you're born with or something developed based on your lifestyle so typically if you kind of step back from it all typically people acquire tinnitus when there's been a degree of hearing loss for some reason and something stressful is going on so if we think of that some kind of hearing loss the spectrum's broad there so it could be they've had a blockage of earwax they've had a really bad cold and their ears have become congested they could have been born with some hearing loss they could have acquired some hearing loss either as they've gone through their life or after some kind of noise exposure um but yeah typically the tinnitus will will present itself in that kind of balance of stress and reduction in hearing 
And I mentioned to you beforehand, before we came on air, um, we interviewed a guy on the radio recently who, he was a dancer in the 80s. Nice. So he was always, up for his job, he was obviously in close proximity to really loud music and that caused tinnitus later in life. So it can be sort of lifestyle choices that uh, make play a big part. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I see a lot of people who will tell me that they've lost their hearing to rock and roll. And <laughs> no, it, it almost sounds cool, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. But I think... We know in the 80s, we might not have had as much information about how we can protect our hearing. So it's really interesting when you start to delve into sound levels and the amount of time you can safely listen to them. Because the louder the sound, the less time you you can be exposed to it. So with with your dancer in the 80s, kind of up by speakers, they might have had a safe listening time of like... 16 17 minutes but they've been exposed for three hours far longer yeah yeah and i'm a big believer that music is really good for our well-being for our mental health and i i would never say you know no headphones no music nothing like that but i think i think there's more that we could do more that we as audiologists could do to educate people on what's safe and what's not so that people could at least make informed choices about protecting their hearing and then the possible implications of not protecting their hearing and whether that might lead to some kind of tinnitus and things like that. So here at the Hearing Suite, tinnitus is something that you see very commonly in the people that come to see you guys. Um, What sort of people do you see commonly that have tinnitus? Is it a certain age range or can it be literally anyone? It can literally be anyone. Um, You can get children with tinnitus. So I've heard stories, we, we don't see children here, but I've heard stories of, you know, little girls going to their parents and saying that they've got fairy noises in their ears, that kind of twinkling sound. Yeah. Um, children need lots of reassurance about that not being unusual. It's just one of those things, it's okay, because otherwise it elicits kind of panic and starts to cause a problem. So yeah, all the way from children, right the way, right the way through our lives. Um, the the people who are struggling most with tinnitus, the people who want the most help, because I'd say that I see some people who say, and I have tinnitus, and it's not a big deal to them. And then I see some people who that's their primary concern. Um, it tends to be, like we were saying before, kind of earlier onset, earlier in that journey. So they can be slightly younger kind of 20s 30s 40s 50s um yeah experiencing that tinnitus for the first time and what can you guys do um, in terms of treatment what if someone does come in to the hearing suite with tinnitus what do you emily say to them do you have to sort of go for an individual basis to work out how severe it is what would the sort of treatment process be definitely so i think the first thing is is always looking at what's going on so we assess people with tinnitus we use specific questionnaires um there's a specific case history we ask because sometimes there can be little factors that we can tweak and cause a big improvement so some people's tinnitus not everybody but some people's is really affected by caffeine and by just looking and thinking hang on we're having four cups of coffee a day could our last two be decaf you know little tweaks 
I'll never take anyone's coffee off them. Um, but <laughs> you but might li- get some angry people if oh, you do. <laughs> I'd be angry. Um, yeah, so it, it, the little adjustments like that. So we, we look at everything. We look at what people's hearing levels are like because, again, for some people, if there is some hearing loss and we build that hearing back in, especially with products like the Lyric, um, we can get really good results where people will say things like, it's gone or I can't find it um <laughs> which is magic yeah of course um and then then there's the kind of broader scale of things so some people will have some hearing loss to build back in sometimes we'll use specific maskers around that so there's something you can use called notch therapy which works quite well for some people where you almost play a countertone to the tinnitus so if you think of the tinnitus almost being like a sound wave you play like the opposite of it and it can cancel it out right so for some that works well for other people we look at more specific cbt for for tinnitus um we get quite good results when we refer people out for acupuncture um other people need to see our ent consultant i say no two people are the are the same and we don't have a silver bullet so to speak yeah but once we've pulled together what's going on and why we can make those steps and make a bit of a plan and then kind of catch up with people as they as they go we also spoke before about the advancements in technology since even since you started in the audiology industry emily and we don't obviously don't want to give the game away because next month's episode (laughs) will be about technology but there has been such an advancement you spoke there about loads of different things you can do there are so many options for these guys that have tinnitus definitely that you can definitely help them really oh gosh absolutely absolutely and i think you've got to think there are big organizations working in the background as well um there's always research ongoing looking for whether there's a long-term cure for tinnitus whether it's um, a medication or or something along those lines and kind of they talk around hair cell regeneration in the cochlea for for damage um so there's always research ongoing whether that will happen in my lifetime i'm i'm not sure So we've spoken a lot there about the treatment for the guys that do already have tinnitus and there is a wealth of options for those guys but you also deal with prevention as well and that is part of tinnitus week isn't it one of the themes of the week if you will is looking at prevention so what can people do and what can you guys help people do to prevent tinnitus absolutely so i think the biggest thing people can do is is think a little bit about their ear health i think we can often forget about our ear health so it's making sure little things like we don't put up with aches or pains in our ears you know we get those checked that if we need wax taking out on a regular basis we we get that taken out because you would not believe how many people come in saying i've just developed tinnitus we take the wax out and that was the problem oh i see so little things like that but but also noise protection so noise protection comes in lots of shapes and forms you can get really simple stuff just over the counter, you know, little squishy earplugs, all the way through to things that are custom made, and then through to things with like they call active protection in them. So, somebody who is going to rock concerts would need something quite different to somebody who was shooting, for example. But it's about looking at what levels you're exposed to, looking at how we reduce that sound with different filters and things like that and just making sure you've got the appropriate 
even just giving you some advice on the appropriate levels. You can get really basic sound level meters on your phone. So when you're at a concert, you can have an idea of the sound levels and, and whether you're taking care of your ears. So that kind of thing's important. Is it working on an individual basis then? Because you mentioned before about people that go to rock concerts, for example. Say you had 10,000 people in a, in a, a rock concert. Um, is it the same as the, the one in eight sort of statistic where maybe one in eight of those 10,000 people will, will develop tinnitus if they keep, obviously repeat, if they keep going to these concerts? Yeah, I think... Or is it just like an individual basis sort of thing, do you think? I think, um, I would say it's an individual basis, but I would li- I'd liken it in a funny way to smoking. Right. So I'd say it's a public health awareness issue. Exposure to loud sound for an extended period doesn't do your hearing good, but you will always find some people who've done it forever and yeah. their hearing's fine. Lucky people. Totally lucky yeah. people. We all know them. We do, but they're, <laughs> but they're the exception, not the rule. So I think, actually, if you looked at a stadium of people with regular exposure to noise, it's more one in eight of them won't develop a problem. Yeah. Or, well, probably even less than that. But, you know, it's not... Yeah, it's it's easy to see that damage. And they've, they've done clinical studies that, that show exposure to sound and and that sort of noise damage. So that's something that we can do relatively easily, relatively passively, um, especially if we're music lovers, because I always think losing music, if you're a real passionate music lover, you're more at risk of losing some hearing and developing tinnitus, but actually that music was more important to you, so losing it's an even greater hardship. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But that's so why that that's balance. why weeks like Tinnitus Week are so important because it's an awareness thing, isn't it? So totally. these people that you speak of that are, are really they really love their concert and going to gigs and, and that sort of thing, just being aware of your ear health. Totally. And um, like you say, there's lots of things you can do with apps on phones and that sort of thing. Just just constantly having that in the back of your mind. You don't need to surrender these things that you love doing, but just bear in mind your ear health at the same time. Definitely. And I, I mean I meet musicians who say things like, Oh, well, you know, I'm a professional musician. When I'm wearing ear protection, my ear feels blocked and bunged. Well, to me, straight away, that means that the ear protection they're wearing isn't going deep enough into the ear, so the weight distribution isn't quite right. So just because ear protection didn't feel right 10 years ago, five years ago, doesn't mean that the materials we use now are slightly lighter, different, could be more comfortable. So, yeah, it's always worth revisiting. And technology, as I said before, is something we'll touch on in next month's podcast. Just before we go, Emily, you've got a few events coming up. So yes. next month is quite exciting. Three events, is it, in quite quick succession? Quite quick succession. <laughs> so do you want to tell us that. about those? Yeah, so our first event is talking about tinnitus in 2023. Just a bit of a roundup with me and Dr. Laura Carter about what we can do to help tinnitus in the year of 2023. Then we've got Dr. James Jackson coming from Leeds Trinity University. So James is a tinnitus researcher and has tinnitus himself. He's exceptional at disseminating research, making it really relatable. So he's going to come and do a presentation um, about why tinnitus is more than just a noise. And then we're having one session at Ilkley Practice with um, a lady locally, an acupuncturist. 
yeah, acupuncturist. <laughs> um, and looking at, again, the kind of evidence base around acupuncture, relaxation, what that can do for tinnitus. Um, because we think of acupuncture and its benefits for sleep. Um, so, yeah, just just an opportunity to kind of meet some experts, ask questions, look at what's going on, kind of get, get information that you might have and, and think about whether it's something you want to delve deeper into or whether actually that that kind of information, that opportunity to get that was just what you needed. And they're all free as well? Completely free, Which is yes. always, a, always a positive. Absolutely. So where can people find out a bit more about these events? Is it through your website? Yes. So we have a blog post on the website about it, and that would take you through to an Eventbrite link. So each event is limited to 20 places. So yes, if it's something you want to come along to, then get on and book. Because when we did it last year, um, we booked up real quick, real quick. Very good. And if anyone listening does want to find out a bit more about the hearing suite or about if they've got an issue with tinnitus, they think, what's the best way for those guys to get in touch with you? Totally. So um, you could just pop onto the website, have a little read. We've, again, got a few blogs on there. Um, you can book a consultation. Um, come, sit, chat. Let's look at what's going on. See if we can kind of unpick things together and, and make a bit of a plan of attack. So yeah, I'd say the, the website um, www.thehearingsuite.co.uk is the, is the best place to go. Perfect. And we will be back next month with another episode all about technology. And this is going to be a really interesting one because we're going to be looking at hearing aids then versus now. And they've come on so much in your short time in the industry alone, Emily. They really have. They really have. Yes. Perfect. So <laughs> we'll leave that for the next episode. But in the meantime, Emily, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And we'll put all the information you need at yourharrogate.co.uk or you can listen on your podcasting app. But in the meantime, Emily, thank you very much. No, thank you.